We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Welcome to week six of the NFC East Feast, or perhaps we should just call it the NFC East Beasts. After looking at the records in this division, 11-5 and five overall, the best record in all of football belongs to our very division. The majority of these teams are playing outstanding football. John, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, you guys might be the NFC East beasts, but we're definitely the NFC East least. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm doing okay. The game wasn't horrific for me last week, and it was a lot of fun watching these other NFC uh, East teams play. So I'm excited for another for sure. football, baby. Let's go. Yeah, we're, do, we're doing this a little early this week, guys, um, because the Commanders and the Bears play on Thursday night. We're going to drop this um, hopefully in time for kickoff tomorrow to get us ready for that. But we cannot kick off week six before we recap week five. And I want to start off in London. I worked on my Paddy the Paddy, my Liverpool <laughs> accents a little deeper this week. And I am so impressed and so shocked with the <clears throat> New York Giants beating the Green Bay Packers, holding them scoreless, I think, in the second half. Giants defense really impressed me, and they're playing without Leonard Williams, one of their best players and their leaders. Dexter Lawrence, or as they call him, Sexy Dexy, um, was wreaking havoc <laughs> in the backfield all day. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau starting to come along as, as a rookie defensive end for them. And other than that, there really are a lot of guys on the team that, that I'm not too familiar with. But they're playing at a level that I know is surprising not just us, but the entire NFL. Um, and on the offensive side, uh, Daniel Jones playing on a gimpy ankle. He gutted that out. I mean, I don't think it was it was a great performance <clears throat> by him, but it was gutsy. I think he earned sure. the respect of his teammates, that's for sure. And Saquon Barkley just continuing an amazing comeback season. Just give him the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award already. Um, but some of it is just like the Packers, like what's going on, man? That's, that's not yeah. a good performance by them. Aaron Rodgers, no touchdowns in the second half. He got his final two passes batted at the line of scrimmage. What do you, what do you think, John? Is this, should we celebrate the giants or, or question green Bay? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you definitely have to question green Bay. I think unfortunately for Rodgers and them, we talked about one of the keys to the game, uh, last week for them against the Giants was going to be getting uh, some of those younger wide receivers involved. And the Giants yeah. did a good enough job shutting down the passing game. Uh, Rogers only had 222 yards passing. And like you said, he's getting batted down at the line of scrimmage to finish the game. That's not how you how you think that the two time MVP is going to finish on, right. a, on a game winning drive. Um, but, man, I, I said it pre pod to you guys at some point. 
we got to stop making excuses for why the Giants keep winning. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dable has really put together, you know, he obviously he hasn't really had much effect on the roster in his first year right off the bat, but he's put together a team that's hungry and that's fighting to win games. So, I mean, what more could you ask for? You're right. No, and, and, and for me, and I, I'm sure you would agree, Brian Dable has to be the coach of the year at this point in the NFL. Where, you know, oh, like, my gosh. Oh, only a little past the quarter way in the season. But the way he's turned around that franchise and, and, and everybody, it starts with the Mara family and the ownership hiring Joe Shane from Buffalo as the GM. He brings Dayball over and then Dayball um, assembling that staff, used getting Mike Kafka as the offensive coordinator, getting uh, Wink Martindale as the defensive coordinator. It's just from yep. top to bottom, the facelift of the New York Giants is so impressive. And, and the G-Men, they're one of the blue bloods of the NFL. So I think it's for just sure. good. It's good for football when they're Absolutely. playing well. Uh, well, I mean, and I think all of us kind of suspected with the hires that they made that this thing was going to work. Yeah. I think we're all, and I'll speak for all of us, George as well. I think we're all just shocked at how quickly it looks like it's working. Yes. Yeah. This, yes. The speed of the rebuild is, is really amazing. Cause I mean, Dayball is coaching, you know, like players that were drafted by the previous GM Gettleman and coached by Joe judge. So like right. these guys were scrubs last year. And now all of a sudden they're four and one. And, and it makes me feel good because the Dallas Cowboys are the only team to beat the Giants. So it's like the more that yeah. the season goes on, that that looks like a really impressive win. <clears throat> Absolutely. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited just just to see where this Giants team goes. I, I think that the future is certainly bright and that they're they're immediately a playoff contender in the NFC. So pr- pretty, yeah, uh, pretty excited for all the Giants fans and, and kudos to that organization. Absolutely. Anything else? I'm trying to think what else I had on this game. Um, I, I saw one note. Um, you mentioned him uh, in the opening there. Uh, sexy Dexy, Dexter yeah. Lawrence. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers uh, on the side giving him some kudos in the media saying that he's an underrated defensive uh, standout. Uh-huh. He really is a star player. So, I mean, you look across that defense and they're better than I think we gave them credit for at the beginning of the year. Um, for sure. Kayvon Thibodeau uh, has yet to really make like one of his big impact games, but I'm sure that's coming. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, like you said, you just got to be excited if you're Giants fans because the future looks bright. Regardless of what they do the rest of the season, just this start shows you they got something there. Yeah, absolutely. And the secondary is playing well as too. I want to highlight them. Uh, Xavier McKinney, um, quarterback in that defense from the free safety spot. And Adoree Jackson, who they paid a lot of money for last year to come over from Tennessee, starting mm-hmm. to make plays as well. I do think they're actually going to get Leonard Williams back. I, know, I think he was questionable, limited in practice this week. But once they get him back, it's only going to strengthen the interior of that defense. And uh, I'm I really looking forward to that Ravens game. That's going to be a test for them. So I can't wait to break for that sure. down here in uh, just a little bit. But I now want to go to the nation's capital and talk about the only team that lost in the NFC East, unfortunately, for George and John. Mm. That was the Commanders. But I want to highlight some things um, for you, John. I'm sure that you you agree with uh, Deami Brown. I mean, the guy the guy had a 75 yard touchdown, and then he scores a second touchdown. Really exciting. I believe you guys drafted him in the later rounds out of North Carolina last year. So it's good to see um, a, yet another weapon. Although uh, Jahan the Don Dotson is out right now, <laughs> Deami Brown steps up, and along with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, you still got three good receivers. So. Uh, good to see that. And uh, the commander's defense, once again, 
Uh, I think Derrick Henry may have flirted with 100 yards and got in the end zone, but he certainly didn't break out by any means. I think you guys held the Titans' offense in check. And Carson Wentz, for three and three quarters of that game, he, again, was over 330 yards or so, kind of like he was playing the first couple weeks. He looked good, but then classic Carson Wentz comes out. You guys are down near the goal line. It's 21 to 17. You can steal a victory against a, a Titans team who, who is coming in head, head full of steam. And Carson Wentz throws the interception. And then, of course, John, I want to ask you now about the comments. Uh, when Ron Rivera is asked what's going wrong and, and why the commanders aren't keeping up with the NFC East teams, he has a one word answer. He says quarterback. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's irritating. I think um, we're a team that's been known for years and years uh, with, you know, words like chaos, yeah. dumpster fire, <laughs> just, you know, issues constantly and just stuff that's always on not football related. You know, it's these like relationships between people in the locker room or the front office mistakes that we make. And it's just always something. And I think that what Ron has done in his tenure here is he's helped kind of clean some of that up. Mm -hmm. So for him to make a misstep like this, when things seem to be at their lowest at, you know, in his tenure is frustrating and it's irritating. Like I said, I've listened to the clip multiple times. And obviously if you listen to it and you listen to the context in which he follows up, he really doesn't do a great job of explaining what he meant by that. Yeah. But it, but you can pick up on the context clues, kind of saying what he meant. I don't think it was a direct shot at Carson, but it doesn't make you, it doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies, Yeah, you know? And, and especially after a game like that, you know, I sent you guys that funny meme where it's like you kind of get a little bit more of the Carson that you want to see. Yeah, he makes the mistake at the end of the game, which I'll talk about in a second. But to then have that be kind of what puts the bow on the end of the week, it doesn't make, it doesn't make you feel good. It just puts a damper on any momentum that we did gain, you know, in that moral victory there. Um, okay. I want to ask you, you something real quick. Yeah. Would you, Do you think the commander's record would be any better if Taylor Heineke was in part A of the question? And, and the second part, would you like to see Taylor Heineke under center at any point this season if Carson continues to struggle? That's a tough, the first part of the question is tough because I think that, and a lot of the guys in the DC media have said as much, I think Taylor last year had hid a lot of offensive line deficiencies that we may have had with his legs. I think Carson can move. It kind of is what part of what's frustrating me about his game is that I, I just remember playing against him when he was the Eagles and he did well enough avoiding sacks and avoiding pressures. And now all of that seems to be out the window. However, Carson makes throws that Taylor would never have made, cannot make the two to Diami that you mentioned. Um, the, the ones in the Jaguars game that won us the game, mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke ain't making those throws. He might've made some plays, but we know what we have in Taylor Heineke. We got a, you know, a, true and true backup and, and a, and a very good backup. Um, if anything, you know, the, the Wentz contract, uh, if he takes 70% of the snaps or plays 70% of the games, I can't remember which, um, which I think starts like right around the threshold of, uh, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. then the third round pick that we have to give to Indy then becomes a, a second round pick. So depending on that, I think that's his leash, right? 
he's going to get an opportunity to put, you know, his work on film up until that period. And then I think that we go with Hal if it doesn't seem like it's working and see what we got there. Cause you can't have a lackluster season with him at quarterback and then also have to give up more in return. Yeah. I, f- I forgot about Sam Howell before you mentioned him. Yeah. I guess, I guess like you said, you already know what you have in Heineke. So you have the season eventually uh, around Thanksgiving time looks like it's lost and you guys are far back in the standings as, as it's looking right now. You might as well throw the rookie in from North Carolina. Cause he looked pretty exciting in the preseason. I really liked him coming out of call, uh, coming out of Carolina. Um, and, and I want you to just to put a cherry on this game, just break down the last play of the game for me. Uh, do you think it's is, is is that sum up the game for you? Is is there anything else you think the Commanders could have done better throughout the game, or is it just like we're we're in position to win and Carson Wentz uh, blew it? T- typical, you know, Carson Wentz. I don't necessarily know if that's what it is, to be honest with you. So you mentioned the Diami plays. First off, I just want to say. Uh, th- those two plays, I got zero joy out of those two plays. <laughs> Diami Brown is proven that he's not going to be a playmaker on this team. Great. He he broke off for two big plays. Big plays can win you games in the NFL when you are consistent offense. If you take away those two plays, we actually put together a fairly lackluster performance again. Mm. So it's like if it'd be one thing if the offense looked pretty good and then those two big plays came, but that's not what happened. Those two big plays were pretty much what what the offense felt like. And it's like when you lose, those big plays don't they don't really mean that much. Right. Especially throwing to your fourth string wide receiver. If those happen with Terry, then maybe you're like, oh, okay, they're getting a connection. They're finally figuring this out. Uh so I didn't really have the greatest feeling about how the offense was playing leading into that. So leading into the final drive, I already was suspecting this isn't gonna go well. Um And then you watch Carson on the first and second down play make two horrendous throws that just you're, you're questioning the football players. And then that leads you to these guys are professionals and they didn't look this bad at times last year. So what is going on? It leads me to believe it's the coaching. Scott Turner was up in the box rather than on the sidelines, which he used to always be. They tried to adjust that to him being on the sidelines this year. He moved back up in the box Last game for the Titans, first time this year, and now will be moving forward. I, For whatever reason, everybody I've heard break down that last play is basically saying that someone must have been in Carson's ear telling him to stare, to look left. Uh-huh. Because your natural read as a quarterback would have been the man side, which was the right-hand side, where he did end up getting Curtis Samuel open about a half a second later. Mm. But he never even looked that way. He looked to the side where there's a zone coverage with, you know, three, four defenders on two. And just, it just, it looked like poor play kind of scheming for that situation. Um, And just, and, and, and a guy not making a play. I mean, it's a little bit of everything. It's, it's just nothing is good right now there. (laughs) I think that's a fair point made by you that maybe Carson's taking a little bit too much heat from the media and his coaching staff and that coaching staff should maybe look in the mirror um, the only way I can maybe explain Ron's mishap in the media is he was trying to motivate Carson Wentz, you know, put a fire under underneath his ass, and it just came out as word salad. But either way, um, not he's not, a good not one of the top three problems. He's not doing. He's not playing great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He could be playing better, but he's not one of our top three issues. Okay. 
Well, I'll end that game on a high note, though. So cool they let Brian Robinson run out of the tunnel to Loved 50 it. Cent. Many men wish death <laughs> upon me. Like that, dude, that, that gave me goosebumps. So, so Bro, I know the, the kid might only have like 25 yards rushing or so, but just to see him get out there, um, yeah. I, think, I think going forward, that's going to provide a spark for you guys. If the coaches hadn't mismanaged some of our time um, and our timeouts and a couple other things in that final drive, I absolutely believe that Brian Robinson would have been in there running the ball. We had zero timeouts, so they kept going back to the pass. Um, I think he's going to be good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about him. Me too. I, I really hope because it's a national TV game tonight on Thursday, uh, on Thursday that um, he gets ex- some exposure. His, um, his first run, nine yards, holding penalty came back. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> All right, well, I'll get you out of I'll, I'll get you out of this uh, commander's misery, <laughs> and we'll move um, to the desert where the Eagles flew out to play Arizona in a battle of the birds. Not the most exciting game. Um, I think Philly walked away with a twenty, is a twenty to seventeen victory. Um, and I know that. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the Cardinals kicker Matt Amendola, who by the way he's already on his second team this year, so that tells you about. Um, the, the talent level there. Uh, he missed a field goal badly, which could have sent this game into overtime. And you never know. Once the game goes into overtime, you, we, we saw what Kyler did earlier in the year to overtime against the Raiders. This one could have slipped away from Philly. But much like the rest of the year, coaching staff buckled down. The defense held Kyler Murray um, in check. Other than a, a Hollywood Brown touchdown, I didn't see really anybody on Arizona do much. They had Eno Benjamin running decently. But that Philadelphia Eagles defense is playing well. Uh, one guy who jumped out to me was TJ Edwards, playing at a Pro Bowl level. I kind of slept on him. I'm all over the Eagles defensive line, and I'm all over the secondary. And Hassan Reddick is a linebacker, so I guess they do have a, a above-average linebacker core. But, but yeah, shout-out to TJ Edwards, playing very well for them. And on the offensive side of the ball, stuck to their game plan. They ran the football. They're rotating backs. Miles Sanders. Um Jalen Hurts, of course, as always, gets into the end zone um, with a with a rushing touchdown. Crazy stat that I saw on Jalen was that he. Oh, go, oh I both actually the, both their his, touchdowns were rushing touchdowns by Jalen. Oh, he had both of them. I, I think mm-hmm. in his first twenty five career games, he has nineteen rushing touchdowns, which is the most in NFL history. I think he beat Cam wow. Newton. So it's like the things that this kid's doing with his legs are impressive. And what he's doing above the shoulders and with his right arm continues to develop. You can tell he has been putting in work in the film room and he's not making big mistakes. He's only got two interceptions this year. And with him playing the way they are, they're going to win these tight games because of the intangibles and because of the coaching. Eagles scare me. Can't wait to break down the, the big game coming up against my Cowboys. What else you got on this one, John? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they definitely are a scary team. They just get it done, and they get it done. Like they seem to do it every way. Like I said last week, um, I I predicted that they would beat the Cardinals, and I feel like um, the Cardinals um, had kind of a messy game again here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know they'll get that bounce back that we talked about pre pod once uh, Hopkins is back. Yes, but. Yeah, I mean, Philly, man, just defensively to be able to hold, you know, an exciting kind of running quarterback to, you know, 17 points and kind of frustrate them um, offensively is huge. Uh, They did come up, you know, they get an interception, they get a sack. um, 
they're doing everything they need to do on defense. Uh, and then offensively, like you mentioned, uh, Jalen looks great. But then if you look at the box score, I'm just kind of breaking it down and everybody did their part. I mean, he got all of his wide receivers involved again. AJ Brown doesn't go for a massive game, but Devonta Smith steps in and you know mm-hmm. plays his part. Ten targets. Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell continue to run the ball really effectively, um, and Philly just does. Philly just plays sound football, um, and then also can make real exciting plays via Jalen Hurts. So. Yes, um, and one stat on Philly, they lead the NFL by a wide margin with a plus-nine turnover ratio. Not only does that speak to the smart play of Jalen Hurts, they're taking the ball away. Um, big play Darius Slay, we talk about him all the time, but the guy playing opposite him, James Bradbury, he's tied with Marlon Humphrey as the most snaps right now with a lot, allowing a big completion of 20 plays or more. So those guys Dang. are playing at an absolutely elite level to be paired up with those monsters on the defensive line. It's going to be really hard for my Cowboys to move the football, but we'll talk uh, more about that game in just a little bit. And I do want to end the week five recap with my Cowboys. I won't go crazy, but I will say how about them Cowboys. They go crazy. I probably should. Uh, (laughs) But but man, uh, another game holding an opponent under 20 points. This is the first time we've opened the season with five straight games holding opponents under 20 points since 1972. And guys, for, for, our, for our older listeners, that was called the doomsday defense. And I'm not going to mm. say this defense is doomsday yet, but they're playing their asses off. Micah Parsons, I'm just going to start calling them Micah and the Marauders. Micah Parsons, um, two sacks in this game to add to his NFL leading six. He was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Demarcus Lawrence got involved in the action. Um, our rookie... Sam Williams, second round pick out of um, Ole Miss, excuse me, was the second highest graded rookie this week for pro pro football focus. We just got some dogs, man. Uh, Micah and Demarcus Mm -hmm. Lawrence both rank in the top five in the NFL in quarterback pressures, along with along with names like, oh, I don't know, Nick Bosa, Max Crosby. Like like these guys are playing as well as everyone. Anyone. We've got two of them. And then once you got Oseo Degazue, Neville Gallimore, I could go on all day. It's. The defensive line is a problem. Now, of course, the Rams' offensive line right now is a weakness for them. So we, we were exposing a weakness. If, if they had all of their guys, I'm sure it wouldn't have been nearly as dominant of a performance. But, my God, Dorrance Armstrong, he came in like a wrecking ball in just the first five, <laughs> five minutes of this game. Destroys it. He causes a sack fumble on um, Matthew Stafford. Demarcus Lawrence scoops it up for a touchdown. And then on the Rams' next offensive offensive possession, they go three and out, and Dorrance Armstrong blocks the punt. So before you know yeah. it, um, based on uh, Dorrance alone, we're up nine to nothing. But of course, yeah, Brett Maher uh, misses the extra point. Great, good job, Brett. But but uh, it was just such a hot start for Dallas, and then they just rode their defense the rest of the way. How about you? That's all they need to do, man. We keep saying it. I mean, you look at Cooper Rush's numbers, and they don't look sexy. You look right. at the the offensive performance and you're like, Oh wow. They won this game, Um, (laughs) but their defense is just commanding. I mean, they just, like you said, all around good performance from your, from your, uh, your front line, your defensive line there. Um, The Rams. Yeah. They've got a beat up offensive line. You've got to be disappointed if you're a Rams fan that you guys can't get anything going on the ground to just try to lighten some of that load. Yeah. Cooper Cup gets his, but it's almost kind of like, yeah, sure, let him get his and we'll stop everything else because that's exactly what the the Cowboys defense did. Their Matt Stafford might have somehow thrown for three hundred yards, I think. Um 
Yeah, he's he up did. there. Just just crossed the threshold. One touchdown and one interception, though. For them to have those kinds of numbers, and then you look over at the Cowboys' offensive numbers, you would think that the scores were reversed. Yeah. Um, man, the Cowboys, they're just playing great ball, man. And you can continue to rely on that defense if you can control time of possession with the run game and let your defense go to work, especially if they're going to be getting turnovers on punts. I mean, right. flipping field possession like that is huge in a game. Yes, shout out to our special uh, special teams coordinator, Bones Fossil. I know he was really pumped up after that play. And uh, you got a hats off to Cooper Cup. He's one of the best, if not the best, in all of the game. And Trayvon Diggs likes to gamble. So I think going after that matchup was a good call um, for Sean McVay. And Trayvon got, got exploited not once, um, but twice. Um, the, the other Rams' big offensive play was a deep pass to 2-2 Atwell. So as much yeah. as Trayvon Diggs I do think is playing elite, he can still be beat. And, and the Rams did expose that. And, I mean, uh, that's one of the best connections in the NFL. I'm not going to knock the guy for that. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to shut down Cooper Cup, and he obviously um, was their lone offensive production. That guy's going to set the NFL record for targets. They just pepper him. They have no, they have nobody else. Allen Robinson's been a big disappointment. They sorely so miss um, Robert Woods, and then they're still waiting on Van Jefferson to come off the injured list. So, good luck to the defending Super Bowl champs because they, they just look listless so far this season. Yeah, but we we will uh, keep it here back on the NFC East, and we will move forward and kick off our Week Six preview with Thursday night football, and that will have the Washington Commanders flying to Chi Town to play Dub Bears. This is uh, perhaps for most of the national audience is going to be the most exciting game, but let's let's be honest, guys. It's Thursday night football. I think everybody should get a month of prime for free after watching a 12 to nine <laughs> overtime game last week. These games on, on Thursday night have just been a snore fest, but John, you want to start on how you think the commanders are going to do on a short week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I noticed first B that we passed over the power rankings again. Um, but I think there's a simple reason for that. It's, it's fairly obvious, right? At this point in time in the, in the season, it is what it is. Um, no, I completely agree with you. I absolutely want a free month of prime. Um, because I have to watch my commanders take on a Bears team that at the beginning of the season, you look at that at the rosters and you say, yeah, uh, we should be fairly confident going into this game. Yeah. Um, but now, at this point, I'm not. I told you guys last week, the commanders right now are in prove-it mode with me, and until they do, I'm going to have a hard time being confident about them against any opponent. Yeah. Um, you know, we're right near each other in the power rankings. I think we're 30th and they're 29 right now, according to NFL.com. Uh-huh. So this is probably going to be a tight matchup. And unfortunately, again, when you look across the field from our offense, the Bears play a pretty sound defense. They got a leader in Roquan Smith. Um, and, you know, the past couple of years, um, you know, they've they've still kept a tight unit there. Um I would really like to see Carson take steps again because I did think that there were some bright spots, but geez, dude, speaking of offensive lines like the Rams, our offensive line is getting tossed around, literally, quite literally getting tossed around. There's like one or two clips of Andrew Norwell, the freaking guard that we went out and got uh, in the offseason to replace, not on the opposite side of the ball, but to replace Scherf leaving. Yeah. And uh, that guy is getting pancaked off the line of scrimmage, literally pancaked. And uh, so it's been frustrating. It's been frustrating because, again, all, same as same as the Rams, we can't really get a ground game going, it seems like. And Scott Turner seems to be quick to bail on it, which then puts everything on Carson's shoulders. Um, so I think, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about before, I think he gets a little bit too much criticism. Um, but 
that's just, you know, that's where we are right now. We're, we're getting put in these positions where I think offensively that he's going to have to kind of save the day because the defense is going to do everything they can. So you look on the flip side of the ball and luckily we're playing an offense that is, I think the worst in the NFL. Dog bears. Bad, bad. Um, Justin Fields does scare me though. You can never count, a, you know, quarterbacks that are mobile for whatever reason, you know, even through personnel changes have just always kind of beat up on us. Um, you talk about the Jalen Hurts or uh, even Prescott can move. Um, and then you, th- I think back all the way to freaking Mike Vick and the Philly Mad Monday night. Oh Massacre. my God. I mean, they're just running quarterbacks seem to be the bane of our existence. So I really cross my fingers that Justin Fields doesn't have a day against us. I'm hoping that this is a game that should be winnable. I'm hoping our defense can do what needs to be done. We should be getting chase back fairly soon. Um, so if we can put together another good defense performance, that's just going to boost the confidence of everybody on the team. When chase comes back, I also hope it kind of boosts his confidence in, in that he doesn't have to be the only playmaker, right? You don't have to go in and save the day. Defense is playing well, chase go in and add what you can add value wise. Um, right. We benched our second highest paid player on the team, William Jackson, the third, uh, last game last week. Um, and he did not travel with the team to Chicago. Whoa. So they made some secondary changes that seemed to work a little bit better. Ryan Tannehill is not a superstar. Um, but again, like you said at the beginning of the show, the, the defense has been the bright spot so far. So I think if we can put up a good defensive performance, I do think this is a winnable game. Um, I'm hoping to see some Terry McLaurin. I mean, gosh, the guy has just had to deal with so many bad quarterbacks throughout <laughs> his career. I just want the guy to be successful. Um, and I'm hoping that B-Rob takes another step in this game and, and gets our run game going. I'm taking the Commanders 20, Bears 17. All right. And this game this game is an even pick em. So, yeah. So you got the Commanders by three. I like that pick, and I, and I like where your head's at with not only the secondary, but your entire defense playing well. This Bears offense has no punch. Uh, Justin Fields is dangerous with his legs. I'll give him that. And uh, David Montgomery um, was banged up, but he came back last week and had a decent game. So it looks like Montgomery's ankle is healed. And if he gets banged up, they do have Khalil Herbert. So I think what you guys got to concentrate on is just slowing down the Bears running attack, whether it's Fields, Herbert, or Montgomery. Other than Darnell Mooney, their pass catchers are weak. And um, yeah. and Mooney, because of you know because he's so handicapped by the poor quarterback play, he's usually good for one or two deep passes in a game. But as long as you can get him locked up and not let him beat you over the top, I don't think you're going to have to worry about a lot of big plays from Chicago. And this is not the monsters of the midway defense that we're used to. The Bears are average at best in the defensive side of the ball. So I think that you guys need to um, rely on be Rob Antonio Gibson and use JD McKissick in the short passing game as, as an extension of the run game and take some pressure off of Carson Wentz. I don't want to, I, I don't want Carson to throw 300 yards, not because he struggles. I don't want him to have to, I want you guys yeah. to be up double digit points and be able to pound the rock. Cause I think your offensive line may be getting beat up a little bit in pass pro, but if they're going forward and putting the bears defensive line in their heels, I think they might be able to open up some holes. For sure. So I really do think that this is a get right game for the commanders on national TV. They can prove to everyone that although they're not these amazing teams who let's be honest, guys, I love the Cowboys. All due respect to the Eagles and the Giants as well. I don't think we're nearly as good as our record show. And I do not think the commander's record proves that they're that kind of team. 
I actually do have the Commanders winning this game as well. In a similar score to you, I'm going to go with Washington 23, the Bears 17. So that's an even pick em. We're both on the Commanders. But I want to find out who my boy Jay Ludd's coming off a red-hot 3-1 and one week. I want to find out what he thinks. What's going on, fellas? Week 6. Let's go. 7-10, and ten, boys. 7-10. and ten. Got my record back up. Uh, first game of the week, a Thursday night game, as you guys mentioned, a snooze fest. <laughs> um, I really don't have many notes on this game, guys. Uh, you guys pretty much put it in perspective. I agree with what B just said. I think Washington really needs to focus on trying to establish the run. I've been sure. saying it since week one. And, um, you know, John, with you being new, you know, full time new to the show this year, I don't know if. You probably listened a lot last year, but I'm always chirping J.D. McKissick's name. Get this man the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, the guy's awesome on third downs. He's He's got good hands. He's averaging good yards on the rush. Like, forget Antonio Gibson. I want to see a Robinson, mm-hmm. J.D. McKissick, one-two punch, and get this running game going. Uh, I agree with both of you guys this week. Uh, I, I obviously just pick Washington because they have so much more talent on offense than the Bears do. Yeah. Um, that's the whole reason why I'm going with the commanders this week. I got them 21, 13 commanders it, because the bears offense is so anemic. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, commanders defense has been hit or miss, but I think they can pull one out. I, I agree with you. Get right week 21, 13. All right. So we're I mean, all on the commanders to put a bow on this. I think it has to be a get right week. Honestly, yeah. I think because be. if the commanders yeah. lose this game, uh, not, not looking good. good. Yeah, Heads no. will roll because if, if changes will have to be made. If Washington comes out and looks ugly, and let's say I don't think the Bears will blow you out, even if you guys play like shit. But let's let's say the Bears win twenty-one to ten. You guys cannot move the football. You get a garbage time touchdown because this is a standalone primetime game, Oof. and the media is going to have forty-eight hours to play with their fingers before the game starts on Sunday. They are going to be, gonna be talking salivating, and, talking and they're going to have a field day with the organization. So you Absolutely. guys need to play well. Just for morale. Have to. Have to. Yep. It's a must win. All right. Must win. Yeah, must win. Circle it. And it's it's early in the season. It's only October. You know, it's, it's going to be October 11th when this game is played. But it's already a must win. So let, let's go, mm-hmm. Washington. Now I want to get to the Sunday games. Um, the This game will be a 1 o'clock game. It'll be in the Meadowlands. The Giants are at home. The 4-1 surprising Giants. John, I didn't do the NFC East power rankings. But I wanted to highlight... The NFL power ranking, CBS has three NFC East teams in the top 10. They got the Eagles at one, the Cowboys at seven, I think the Giants at eight. So it's kind of Wild. crazy that, I mean, oh, oh, we got three of our teams like dominating the NFL right now. Uh, but back to the G-Men, this game, I think will be the hardest test of the year for them. Um, I, I think the Cowboys in Giants game, we didn't know how good those teams were yet. So that one still kind of was clouded in mystery. But we know... That although the Ravens are just three and two and coming off of a last second um, win against the Bengals, John Harbaugh has won Super Bowls. Lamar Jackson has won an MVP. J.K. Dobbins is a good running back. Mark Andrews, without Travis Kelsey, might be the best tight end in all of football. Baltimore is a real deal team. They they every year. To, going back to when Trent Dilfer won them a Super Bowl through the Joe Flacco era, and now with Lamar Jackson, every year the Baltimore Ravens, from the top to bottom of that organization, they come to play. And this will be a test for Brian Dable and that whole giant staff. Kind of, kind of, kind of a barometer to see how good they are. I think they play well. 
I think sexy Dexy, um, and that de- and that defensive line will hold Lamar Jackson in check. They they cannot let him beat them with his legs. Make Lamar Jackson beat you throwing the football. And although I think he's an average thrower of the football, he can be exposed there. So I'd like to see one of the guys in the secondary get an interception off him. He is prone to turnover, especially when he's throwing across his body. Um, I think the Giants step up in this game. I don't think it's going to be enough, though. I, I do have the Giants losing this game. The line on this one, Luds, is Ravens minus six right now. I will pick the Giants to cover. I like them as a home team. The crowd, I mean, the, the New York Giants fans haven't been this excited about a football team since Eli Manning was under center. So you know yeah. they're going to be loud out there. I do have Baltimore winning a tight one, though. I'm going to go with the Ravens 26-21. to 21. Nice. Yeah, man. Um, like you said, the Ravens organization just for for a long, long time has been solid. Um Right now, I think they obviously have more of an offensive identity, whereas back with those Dilfer, Dilfer teams, they were more of a defensive identity. Yeah. Um, it's not the defensive old, though. Um, so I do agree with you. I think the Giants, even without having many weapons for Daniel Jones, I think that they can do enough to stay um, to stay in this game. I like that they continue to run Saquon out of um, the Wildcat and kind of play with the formations there and keep defenses on their toes. I think that they can make some plays in this game. Um, But you're right. Flip side, their defense is going to have to keep Lamar Jackson in check because if not, he freaking wrecks games with his feet, with his legs. And I know he's not the most accurate or the most prolific passer, but he can get it done just as much as he can't sometimes, or he struggles getting it done with the pass. He can also burn you um, with the, with the passing game. Mark Andrews is his favorite target. um, And, Man, it's it's going to be a tough test for the Giants, man. Yeah. But this is kind of one of those benchmark games, right? I mean, we've been saying all year that we we don't know necessarily how to feel about the Giants. This will be a good measuring stick or good barometer, like you said. So I also agree with you, B. I don't think that the Giants can get a win here. Um, I, I shouldn't say that they can't get a win. I don't think they'll get a win. Uh, I'm taking the Ravens 24, Giants 20, a little bit, a little bit tighter. 24-20. Luds, how about you? Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, Baltimore's the toughest test New York's had yet. Um, but New York seems to be in all these games. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that you guys went with went with the Giants on the spread here. I, I'm with you at plus six. I like the Giants plus six. I got a 23-20. John's at 24-20. I'm at 23-20. Um, nice. You know, Ravens can score points, but they've also been a little inconsistent this year. Uh, Giants defense, as I've been saying it, they've been scrappy. Uh, finding a way to pull out these wins. I think Baltimore's offense is a little too much for them to handle this week. So I think I think it's a field goal game. I think this may come down to a to a late field goal. And um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants are the ones on the 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 uh, winning end of the field goal at the end. It could be twenty three twenty Giants. I mean, it just depends. You know, a fumble can change the game late. You you never know. And um. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be a close one. I really do, and especially with Giants being at home, I think that's the main reason why. Yeah, man. Right, well, if well, it comes down to a late field goal off of Justin Tucker's foot, you know yes. that's his goal. <laughs> exactly. Just, just perhaps the best kicker in the history of the NFL. Crazy. But right. guys, if you look up Graham Gano's stats over on the Giants, he's having an amazing season. They have a great yeah. kicker as well. So this very well could come down to the end. And Daniel Jones, you played great last week as far as just gutting it out and giving your team a chance to win. 
Build on that performance, young man. Do not result back to the Daniel Jones that's going to throw a costly interception to Marlon Humphrey when there's momentum going in the game. I want Daniel Jones to just play within the offense that Brian Dable and Mike Kafka are building. Let Saquon Barkley be what he is, one of the best players in the NFL, and ride that guy to a competitive loss or, hell, maybe yeah. even an upset victory. So yeah, looking I can... forward to, to this one. For sure. And with Daniel Jones looking forward through the season, one thing that we didn't mention, I mean, I kind of just highlighted that he doesn't really have weapons, but when some of these guys start to get healthy again, you know, what, what kind of spark can that give to the offense? Yeah. What kind of, you know, what kind of addition can that be? I must've really heated up Austin Eckler last week, calling him out with Daniel Jones having more rushing yards. <laughs> Guy goes off last week. Tore it up. <laughs> but yeah, yeah but no, uh, it, you know, it, I think it's safe to say, I think Saquon's the real deal. I think yeah. it's safe to say we could see what he does, um, you know, when they when they do give him the rock and when he's healthy. So for sure, you know, it's nice to see the Giants with an identity. I mean, we we all know Daniel Jones. I don't think is huge in the big moments, so it's nice that they can rely on that running game and uh, keep the games close for sure. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Jones needs uh, Kadarius Tony to get healthy. Kenny Galladay to look anything like his former self. Because yeah, when you got guys like Bellinger and and David Sills as as your as your options out there, yeah, it does, doesn't leave uh, a whole lot of room for excitement uh, as far as playmakers. But let's see if they get the job done. B- big stage this Sunday in New Jersey. Looking forward to that one. But let's be honest. Let's finish this week off strong. Not nearly as much as I'm looking forward to. I would call not only the game of the week in the division, but the entire NFL. This is Sunday night football. And my Dallas Cowboys are flying to the city of brotherly love. Honestly, guys, it scares me. This is an 8-20 kickoff. Those assholes are going to have like 11 hours of tailgating. (laughs) They're going to be hammered by the time this game starts. God knows what they're going to be throwing out of their mouths. Um, definitely curse words, but um, th- this game is th- th- the excitement around this rivalry. Um, Jason Peters, who played his whole career almost in Philadelphia, came out this week and badmouthed the Eagles fans. He's he's had a star in his helmet for a month, so you know that's going to rile him <laughs> up even more. This is one of the greatest rivalries in the history of the National Football League, and the fact that we've got the lone undefeated team with the five and zero Philadelphia Eagles facing a Dallas Cowboys team that has won four in a row. It couldn't be any bigger of a stage. We got the spread here. It's up to five and a half or six. Luds, I'll, I'll let you choose which one you want to bet that on. Uh, but I like my Dallas Cowboys to at least cover the spread. I'll, I'll bury my lead for now. This game to me is all about the Dallas Cowboys defense. I, I, I read the stat off earlier about how we're holding everyone to under 20 points. I don't think we hold the Eagles to under 20. I think we we can hold them to 23 or 24, but I just think the way that Jalen Hurts is playing and these weapons on Philadelphia, man, uh, I I think it's going to be really fun, guys. A side note, Trayvon Diggs was college teammates not only with Jalen Hurts, but Devontae Smith. So these guys all played together and practiced at Alabama. So you know there's a lot of uh, camaraderie going on. There's going to be a lot of jawing back and forth. So I really I would love to see um, Jalen Hurts target Devontae Smith as as Trayvon Diggs is guarding them to get the whole whole Bama fam in there. Uh, but Trayvon Diggs can only cover one guy. He's playing very well. But let's say Trayvon Diggs is covering A.J. Brown for a play. What worries me is Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, maybe Deron Bland. They're going to have to be stuck. Uh, Devontae Smith, the skinny Batman. And then we've got Dallas Goddard, who's a playmaking tight end. And then what if it's a play action 
and Jalen Hurts pulls it down and runs. I, I, I mean, I, I love the, the, the athleticism of the Cowboys linebackers is really going to be put to a test in this game. Um, someone who's kind of getting lost in the fray because of how good Micah and company are doing is Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr is playing very well since he came over as a free agent. So Anthony Barr, Leighton Van Der Esch, even um, my guy Jabril Cox, they're going to have to run sideline to sideline on this one and keep Jalen Hurts in the box. Do not let him run wild. If we can keep him out of the end zone with his legs, that'd be huge. And then we also got to account for Miles Sanders. This is such a talented offense. Their offensive line is a little banged up, though. I don't know if they're all going to be healthy, but I knew though I do know that uh, Lane Johnson's going to be healthy. He might be the best right tackle in all of football. Jason Kelsey's going to be there, one of the greatest centers to ever play the game. It's a tall task for this defense. I do think they're up to it, though, and I think that they will hold the Eagles to one of their worst performances of the year. Now I want to flip over to the offensive side of the ball. Where this is this is it, Cooper. Cooper Rush, I know you're five and zero, oh, and that you know you're you're everyone's darling, and Jerry Jones wants there to be a quarterback quandary. Well, guess what? Dak Prescott's back at practice and he's throwing the football. They're not going to force him out there into action this week, and I'm glad that they're not. But this might be the week where Cooper Rush reverts back to the undrafted guy that he he was a couple years ago. And if he doesn't play well, it might be the last game he ever starts in the NFL. Uh, last uh, against the Rams, I think he was 10 for 15. Although Butterfingers, Lamb, of course, dropped a pass. And Michael Gallup dropped a pass too. So all of a sudden, if they catch the ball, that's 12 for 15, which is like 75%. So Cooper Rush, although he only threw for 100 yards, still played very well. I think the corners of the Eagles are going to be a problem. I talked about Darius Slay and how well Jams Bradbury are playing. They're going to take C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup out of this game. So guys like Dalton Schultz and Noah Brown are going to have to step up and make huge plays for me on, on these third and longs and the running game. The running game will decide. If, if Zeke is getting that extra push and turning three-yard gains into six-yard gains, and if Tony Pollard can pop one like he did last week against the Rams or like he did on Monday, foot, Monday Night Football against the Giants, that gives us a chance to win. Unfortunately, though, guys, I don't think we make enough plays. I believe that the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to split the season series, but I think we get revenge back against them in Jerry World in December. I think going to Philly against what is probably the best team in the NFL right now is too much for Cooper Rush. I love us plus six, though. I think we play our asses off, and I think that I'm going to come to you guys next week as a proud Dallas Cowboys fans. I've got the Cowboys losing 26-23 to 23 in what – in this game, what I think will completely live up to the hype. How about you? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to live up to the hype. Um, I do think, uh, speaking for George via our text thread, I think he would still agree to say that he thinks uh, we're giving Philly too much credit. But yeah. I would say, you know, as much as a test for the Cowboys this game will be, uh, it'll be a test for the Eagles too. Um, this is the best defense that they've played so far this season. Um, the commander's defense did not play them well, although that they, they have been playing better recently. And then they've played the likes of the Jaguars. That's had some up and down games defensively. The Vikings had some up and down games defensively. The Cardinals didn't really give them too much of a test. Cowboys are going to really, this is going to be a test. And remember we talked early in the year about all of the weird scoring patterns sometimes that Philly has yeah. where last week was the first time that they scored in all four quarters, I believe. Um, so if Dallas can frustrate them and keep them out of the end zone early, um, then I think that they've got a real shot at kind of disrupting this game and giving themselves a chance to win. Um, 
like you said, the matchup, that's going to be the matchup to watch, right? Because on the flip side, you know, um, Philly's defense is probably going to give you guys, give you guys a run for your money. Um, Cooper rush. If he can be serviceable, like he has been, I think you guys can keep it competitive. Um, but like to your point, I think the run game really has to get has to get going here, or even just ke- the backs catching the ball out of the backfield. Tony Pollard can definitely make stuff happen, you know, on those short passes or uh, on the uh, the dump offs um, when when guys downfield can't get open. Um, I agree, man. I think the Cowboys are going to keep it keep it a close game, um, but obviously, just as well as the Eagles are playing right now, and they're at home, riled up fans. They're fired up, man. I got the Eagles 26, Cowboys 21. Okay. All right, yeah. lads. Um, so I haven't seen anybody been able to stop Micah Parsons since Fournette's uh, block that he cheap, put on cheap, him. In. Cheap shot? <laughs> yeah. Literally, nobody's been able to stop that guy. So I think we all yeah. know he's going he's gonna to disrupt some plays. I think he's going to be highly involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and to piggyback off what John said, I think um, it's as much to prove game for Philly as it is for Dallas. I mean, you look at the way Dallas's defense has been playing, and Dallas Dan has those boys dialed up. <laughs> um, you know, just some stats for you guys: the Eagles are seventh in in the NFL with points allowed, so their defense has also been very solid. Uh, they're fifth in the NFL in scoring, averaging twenty seven points a game. Uh, it's a pr- it's a pretty good balance there. Your defense is ranked seventh points allowed, and your your offense is ranked fifth in the NFL. So you're not going to lose many games doing that. Um, you know, especially averaging 27 points a game. Uh, Cowboys, on the other hand, averaging 18.6 points a game. That is the reason why I am picking the Eagles this game. Uh, I just think they've been more efficient on offense. Uh, I think Dallas will give them some fits. Um, but I do have the Eagles 24-21. I think it's going to be another close one, a field goal game. Um, Dallas is going to be hyped up. They're coming in 4-1. and one. Uh, They want to they wanna jump the standings and, and take this first-place seed. I think they will, actually, if they win this game, right, because it will be head-to-head, and I think Dallas, yeah, yeah. Dallas would jump yeah. them. So I think uh, it's a lot to play for early in the year. And, yeah, I, I got uh, Dallas plus five and a half, plus six, whatever, uh, wherever you guys are betting. But I do have the Eagles squeezing it out 24-21 at home. Okay. So Let so me ask you guys on... both a question, but B, you more so. Yeah, we're all on the Eagles, right? But would you be totally shocked if your Cowboys pull this off and win? No. No, no I, think I wouldn't either. Because I wouldn't they, either. They would, they would yeah. be shocked. They're playing with that much confidence. I, that's what yeah. makes me makes me hopeful. Although although I pick them to lose, I think they can win because they believe they can win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same with the. Uh, I mean, honestly, all three of these games this week. I think Washington's in a must-win mode. Uh, Dallas wants to prove something and, and take this division. You know, get it, get the division in their hands early. And I think the Giants being at home. Could stun everybody. I mean, we could be talking next week with some upsets that, you know, we didn't expect for sure. I think regardless, we'll be speaking just as highly about the NFC East next week as we are this week. I think this division is for real. This is the best I've seen this division since we were all beating the Buffalo Bills in the 90s in the Super Bowl. It's very impressive. It's very exciting for the podcast. I'm I'm super stoked, guys. This 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 really uh, I I root for every I root for every team in the division because it's good for us to come talk about. Yeah, Let's sure. finish us up strong. Give us an upset parlay. Yeah, I got a couple upsets here, guys, this week. Before I get into those, I wanted to ask you guys another big game, and I was having a hard time deciding if this Dallas Philly Sunday night game is the number one game of the week. 
We also got Buffalo going back to Kansas City this week, guys, in oh, a huge, huge rematch. Kansas City's been playing very well, guys. I wouldn't be sleeping on them on this game. Buffalo's favored no. by three on the road in Kansas City. Oh. Who do you guys got this game? Luds, Luds, can I drop a stat for you? Yeah. First, first time in Patrick Mahomes' career that he is a home underdog. Yeah, and I, I got the, I got the I got the Chiefs. I think that motivates Kansas yeah. City. I think they own Josh Allen there. just like they did last year in the playoffs. I got the Chiefs to yeah. win the game outright. I'll say thirty-eight to thirty-five is going to be wild. I'm with you, man. I think that's it could be the game of the week. I, I like the way Kansas City's been stepping up, and I think at home, I think they can squeak one out against the Bills. And I think if there is a rematch later in the year, I think I'll give the edge to Buffalo. Just because uh-huh. of all the history between these two quarterbacks, these two teams, the last couple of years. But I, I'm with you, B. I, I, I like that. I, I got Kansas City this week. I think that plus three is a nice number on that game. John, what do you For think? Sure. You got the Bills coming in on a no. revenge game? No. No, I, 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 that would be the narrative that you think you would side with, right? But I got to agree with mm-hmm. you guys. And then also, just f- coming off of last week, um, Kansas City coming back, you know, to beat um, yeah. what looked last week to be a good or uh, Oakland team, I'm sorry, Las Vegas Raiders team. Uh, But then the stat floating around on top of uh, them being underdogs at home for the first time in forever. Pat Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks of all time already coming back from a 10 point deficit. Right. Right. That's crazy. So, I mean, how can you you count the chiefs out at home? Yeah, I agree, man. And I just think that the hype behind Buffalo you know, since the start of the season and uh, they've already lost once uh, Ch- chiefs, you know, they just been hot. They've been stepping up to the plate. They've been winning games when they need to win games. And I think this is a big one. And uh, I think they, I think they squeeze it out, but to get to my upsets, uh, I got the new England Patriots. Their defense has been playing pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland and uh, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I got the Pats plus two and a half over Cleveland. And I also had the Jacksonville Jags. Plus two and a half over Indianapolis, who I think got lucky last week. Their offense looks awful. Um, yeah. Even with Jonathan Taylor back, maybe possibly this week. Um, even when they had him the first few weeks, their offense hadn't been great. And the Jags, uh, like you guys are saying, they're better than we think. Uh, they've been improved. And uh, yeah, I like them plus two and a half. So uh, Pats and Jags this week in the upsets. Going with the road dogs. I like it. Yep. Well, I'm excited, anyway. boys. Appreciate you guys. Um, GVR, we miss you, buddy. Can't wait to have you back next week. Um, and I just cannot wait. Um, th- first of all, for Thursday Night Football, this is exciting. Um, we, we got that we got the Commanders and what we all think is a get-right game for them, a must-win game. Giants, huge game against a top-tier competition in the Ravens. And if it ain't Buffalo and Kansas City for us, it's the Cowboys and the Eagles. It's the game of the week. It's the NFC East. It's a rivalry. This week, it's not the feast. It's the NFC East. Peace. Peace.